Welcome to the Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast, inside the business, buzz, and brilliance of Black entrepreneurs. Here is your host, Dr. Francis Richards. The Innovative Thinkers episode number 355, Innovative Thinkers. Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black Entrepreneur Experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Our next guest works with a team of entrepreneurial consultants at LRI. Welcome, Vina Sterling. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am equally excited. I've given our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you want them to know about you and the company you work for? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I'm with LRI and we are Leadership Research Institute, and we are a team of entrepreneurial consultants. We help organizations in so many things. We really look to partner with our clients. So whether it's large corporations, small businesses, really looking to get in and create long-term relationships. Most of my practice is supporting Um, entrepreneurs, specifically women entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs of color. I love working with women leaders to support them with being the leader that their team needs. That can be a very big challenge, you know, being the best version of yourself in terms of leadership and having a team that's effective and that creates results. Talk about the consulting industry. Why did you go that route? Well, I uh, I started my practicing law. I started my career practicing law. I did commercial real estate with big firms. I definitely think that I chose my career not in particular based on my passions. It was to, you know, I, I went with the monetary aspirations. You know, when we when we look at, um, I know you're looking to mitigate the wealth gap. I grew up in the Bronx in New York and there's been a lot of gentrification, but the Bronx was a very rough area when I was growing up there. And, you know, there was a lot of drugs, crime, and some of it even, you know, hit home in my family. So for me, it was all about putting my head down and getting out. You know, I had a lot of responsibility when I was young, but I chose the path of education. So I went into law in 08 when the the market you know tanked <laughs> the great recession i was successful in my practice i you know worked on a lot of big deals but it was really a, a reset much in the way that this pandemic has been for a lot of people to it was an opportunity for me to really look at well what is it that i really want like what's going to excite me and i plan to work with a career coach And when I looked at what coaches do, I said, oh my goodness, this is me. Like, this is what I've been doing for so long. You know, I'm the oldest sibling of of three, I have two sisters, so three girls, whether they liked it or not, I've been coaching and and giving advice. And so I went down that path and then got into HR and culture transformation. And so when I left the corporate world, I really was excited to 
have my practice be part coaching, but part consulting. You know, the coaching aspect is, of course, helping people go inward to look at what are some of the things that motivate them? What are some of the values? What type of leader would they like to be? And then on the consulting side, going into organizations to help solve some of the problems that the leaders are facing. Fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic, because... Thank you, pandemic, because I've gotten so much clarity in terms of what's really required to be successful in life. There was a lot of running around, you know, whether it's commuting, going to networking events, meetings. And I know people fall on uh, the divide of like, you know, being in person or being virtual. I do enjoy being with people. And a lot of my work that I'm doing now has been really powerful, being online and leading a virtual team and supporting other leaders with leading a virtual team. So being able to have the fuzzy slippers on (laughs) a lot of days uh, as, as a mom of like twin boys and everything I have going on, I just love it. Talk about motherhood, marriage. Mm. and working. Yeah, that's, um, for me, you know, you describing all of those is really my vision of having it all. So my children are the light of my life. They are 12, they're twin boys. And so a lot of what I do is for them. And it's knowing, you know, as leaders, we know that we like people are watching us. So there's, no better example of that than motherhood. Just knowing that my children are watching me keeps me motivated. It keeps me in the right mindset. I remember a long time ago, I just stopped saying, I've got to go to work. It's like, no, I get to go to work. And here's what I do, really framing that for my children, that I support people with being better, with being better leaders. Leadership is a part of our conversation, supporting them with with leading, with getting clear, you know, when they're being in in the victim mindset, like what could they have done differently? So that's, that's a big part of my leadership journey really is motherhood and knowing that, you know, as much as it hurts to even think about it, just knowing that I won't always be here. And what are the lessons that I want to instill in my children? What type of people will they be and, and become? And um, a part of that family unit also is being married, being a wife. I'm actually remarried. I was calling myself a remarried newlywed, but we passed the year mark. So <laughs> I think the, the newlywed thing is over. But really marriage, you know, and being remarried has been a great opportunity to look at leadership, to look at teamwork, how we work as a team. I'm I like to stay organized. I like to keep things on track. And yet it's also an opportunity to to know when to fall back, when to allow space, when to, you know, be gracious, be compassionate with myself and others. So it's not always go, 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 get it done. It's really about enjoying those moments with each other and creating 
the rituals and the practices that create structure in our lives that will be the things we remember. And those are some of the things that I bring into my work with leaders. Like what are some of the things that you and your teams do that you come to rely on, that you come to enjoy? I know one of my teams from the past, a big part of our meetings would be gratitude, like bringing that into our meeting so that we just change that frame of mind. So my family life and my work life are intermingled. I just see, I see leadership and teamwork in everything. In fact, I met my husband through teamwork, you know, having someone introduce us. (laughs) Uh, So that that's, it's just been wonderful. Congratulations. And I love the newlywed term because I always like to say the newlywed term is like the honeymoon and always keep the honey Mm. on the moon. Mm, Honey on the moon. I love that. And you know what? Hearing you say that, I'm realizing who's to say I can't always call us newlyweds, right? Just being in that state of being newlywed is really powerful. It can be a challenge, especially when you're, you know, you get remarried or you're, you know, maybe a little older, set in your ways. It's, it's just like being put on a new team at work or you have a new team of individuals learning each other, understanding what makes each other tick, what works, what doesn't work. That's been a big part of it. And I think Hollywood, we look at movies and they, you know, portray like you're just riding off into the sunset, but there are days when it's not that. <laughs> Not that. (laughs) What is your zone of genius? Mm, My zone of genius is, um, I would say, shining a light on others. So, you know, really giving them the opportunity to discover what are their talents, what are their values, what do they care about, and giving them the confidence to to get out there, to share their story, to share their voice, and to be vulnerable. You know, vulnerability is something that we shy away from in terms of sharing about ourselves, our stories. It definitely blocks us off from intimacy. And so a lot of clients that come to work with me, they're looking externally, of course, you know, their teams, this isn't working, maybe there's conflict. But one of the things that I do inside of my zone of genius is to have them get to know themselves intimately, to understand like what are some of the blocks? Because like for me, I said, you know, I grew up in a rough area. I was the oldest of my sisters and I resisted leadership, you know, like when things went wrong, which they often did, especially having, you know, a parent that struggled with addiction. I was blamed for what they did. I'm like, you know, leadership, this is, this is, I don't want to be a leader. You know, when I went into, when I started practicing law and then I went into corporate leading teams, I thought that, you know, one, do I trust people, right? So do I trust them to do what they say they're going to do? And a lot of, you know, we bring a lot of those wounds to the workplace, So do I trust them and do I want to be responsible for what they create, right? So I had to do a lot of healing. I had to work on myself and through the process of shining a light on others, supporting them with 
knowing themselves and being the leader that their teams need, I'm able to have them go a little bit deeper to see, you know, what's underneath the surface that could be getting in the way so that, you know, there's also the doing of leadership, the tactics, the strategies, but there's underneath that there's the being part of it. How can I be the best version of myself, the best parent, the best spouse, and the best leader. And that's the work that that I love to do. That's my sweet spot. You talked about the mission of the podcast. It's about build mitigating the wealth gap to build intergenerational wealth. Mm. The work that you're doing, what do you find is the real gap? Why are we moving what appear to be backwards instead of forwards? Mm. Well, one, I just love the mission. Very, very powerful. And I'm, you know, excited to be a part of it. There are a lot of gaps, you know, just when you look back at historically, right? But I won't necessarily go there, but you can't ignore that, right? Like when I was doing culture transformation, we did some training that helped us look at the system. Because we are, as a society, very much, we romanticize individual achievement, but there are so many things that others have been allowed and and been afforded that we haven't, you know, historically been included in. So it's almost like, you know, starting a monopoly game and, you know, all the, all the houses and the hotels are bought up. So (laughs) you're starting, you know, you can be, you have, it's like a late start. So I think there's all the systemic stuff. So that's there. Right. And aside from that, what we can do today, I think there are a couple of things. One is the playing it solo. And we, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who do that for a huge portion of their journey as entrepreneurs, I think we don't necessarily use teams. We don't always enjoy working with other people and we try to, you know, rough it out and and have grit and all of that is important. But you really, when what I learned once I did some of that healing was that, you know, what we can do with a team when we, when we're powerful leaders, it just does not compare to working on our own. <laughs> when you have clear goals, when you work through some of that inner stuff and you have a vision that people can follow, that they're excited, that they see what's in it for themselves, there's nothing that compares to that. And so I love helping people get to see the value in that. And whether they don't have a team or they do have a team and we work at, okay, how can you get your team to be effective? Um, The second thing that I pointed to is the vision. So many times we work with people who have left their corporate roles and you're in a company that has a, a, you know, a huge uh, number of employees. You see a team, but I don't know, there's something that has us go play the solo game. And for me, I think it's the vision. We don't necessarily start our businesses thinking, okay, what's my exit strategy? Do I want to ultimately at some point go public with the business? Do I want to sell the business? Do I want to pass it on to my kids? 
Is that something they'd even be interested in? <laughs> so when we don't, you know, without without a vision, the people perish. So I think without that vision of where you want your business to go, what it looks like, and having it be so big that it's very clear you need a team, I think that is, um, you know, that's a, a huge factor. And that's that's what I'd like to to work on with people. Like, how do you get out? What is your strategy? So that you can create systems, put systems in place, being organized. That's another thing, right? We're just scrambling. We're putting out fires. And so even in my home, like we have systems, right? Like whether it's, here's the list of everything that has to get done on a school night. Here are the things that have to happen in the morning and having checklists and things that, you know, that people can check off um, and stay inspired. So those are some of the things. You talked about building a team and a solopreneur. How do you vet or build a team? Yeah. Well, I think one of the aspects of it, of course, is having a vision that's big enough that you really do need a team, right? Some of us, we end up creating jobs for ourselves. So we're ultimately, we're basically self-employed, right? So the vision is there, right? So when you think of, you know, a huge organization, a retailer, like if you're looking to be one of the largest retailers in your area or in the country, that alone, like you have to have a team, right? You're not going to take that on and say, okay, I'm going to be the one that brings the products in. I'm going to be in the stores. I'm going to sell it. Like you just can't, (laughs) you can't do that. (laughs) So I would say, Starting out with that vision. And also one of the things that I work with entrepreneurs to do is to create that org chart to see like, what are the roles? So any team, you have to have your roles, right? And and going back to the family life, my husband and I do that. Okay. What's your role in, you know, with the children? So he's, I know like for me, Homework is not my ministry. And, you know, he's intellectual. Not that I'm not, but listen, I'm not looking to do sixth grade algebra. (laughs) And he has the patience and he'll do it. So we have roles within the family. And that's one of the things that I like to do with entrepreneurs is what are the roles? Like, what are the, the areas where you need the support? And um, once you get clear on that, also another big gap is the job descriptions. Like we overlook that, right? And how many of us have even, whether it's been in your business or in a job, like we have, we've had job creep where we're doing multiple people's jobs and we don't even know what job we're doing. So for solopreneurs, you know, I generally give them the advice to track what they're doing to know that, okay. When I'm here in this place, when I'm speaking, that I'm being my chief marketing officer, right? You know, when I'm doing my finances, I'm being the CFO of the company right now. And then documenting. So what are the things that you're that are needed in your business that you're doing quite often so that you can track it, you can write down the tasks and know, okay, what are the tasks that you really need to have someone doing so that you can hire sooner rather than later? Like you have a timeline, okay, who needs to come in first? Usually if you don't have anyone 
You want to at least hire a virtual assistant or someone who can take some of those, the tasks that are not generating revenue, you know, off of your plate. And then what I love now, you know, when people were talking about the great resignation, that's an opportunity for entrepreneurs to hire people who are freelancers. You can have now fractional, even chief executive officers. You can hire a fractional CEO, even if you realize in your business, you don't want to be the CEO, right? Like here's the role of the CEO. A big part of that is generating the business, getting funding, being visible. That might not be your gift. One of the assessments I like to use is the wealth dynamics assessment. And um, that tells you like, what's your quickest path to wealth in terms of what are your skills as an entrepreneur, right? Like where should you focus? And then you hire the rest. So I say, even if you need people a few hours a week, a few hours a month, you want to be able to get the help that you need. You know, most of my clients already have a team in place. That's really where I like to start because to jump in with the team and look at the system and see what's going on. I like to start with people who already have a team because it is a big jump, right? If you've already created your job where, you know, your business as a job, where you, you're doing almost everything, you're stretched, of course, but if you're doing almost everything, chances are you don't even have the time to do some of that work or your prices don't allow you to bring people on, right? So that can be a big jump. But generally, I like to work with entrepreneurs who already have, it can be a small team, but they already have a team in place so we can get in, make the biggest impact and see what's going on, start supporting them with looking at what data should they be tracking. Like that's how we determine what's really going on. What are some of the the data points, the key performance indicators that you want to be tracking ongoingly. But I, you know, I do have things that I, you know, whether it's a webinar, things to provide to solopreneurs to try to get them to that point. What is the biggest takeaway from our conversation today? What do you want the audience to leave with? I would say focus first on the being and then let that lead you to the doing. Like really carving out the time to look at like what type of leader do you want to be? You know, what will your legacy be? You know, one of the things I love about your mission is, you know, it's big, you know, mitigating the wealth gap so you can create generational wealth. That's looking way out generations beyond yourself, right? So that you can change the trajectory of your family. You can be an inspiration for others. And for me, the foundation is the being it's, you know, it's the spiritual work. It's that inner work. It's having the capacity, right. To support your team, because at some point along your journey as an entrepreneur, you have to realize that your job is to support your team, right? Because your team, your team is out supporting your clients at some point, right? You're really for you to have a life, (laughs) to have a family, And to do the part of your business that you love, you have to trust others. So they're out there, whether it's, you know, getting the work done and fulfilling or working with your clients, 
It really is about you having that capacity to be the foundation, to be there for others. But when you're not taking care of yourself, you know, I know we talk about self-care. It seems like we would get it right at some point. (laughs) There's a journey, you know, sometimes you're better, you're doing better than other times. But it's really how do you prioritize those things that you need to be your best? And it it is, you know, getting down to the basics, right? Like maybe healing some of those wounds, you know, looking at the triggers, like the triggers when you're working with people, a lot of times we get triggered, you know, but it's like, okay, what is that about? It's not about the other person, right? Because you take that person out, you put another one in, you're going to be triggered by something again. So what does that remind you of? Like what in your past maybe is something that you need to heal? And then where are you inside of your calendar? Like, do you have space for yourself to, you know, get your morning routine going to make sure that you are healthy, working out, doing the things that you love to do so that, you know, you're not, what I call upset waiting to happen. <laughs> just All they have to do is walk into the room and you're just like, ah! you know, you're coming from that space of like putting out fires and what, what's the problem now versus like you're really ready to tackle whatever comes your way because the entrepreneurship, it's not for the faint of heart. It, it really takes something. So that's what I would say, you know, focus on being what type of leader do you want to be? What legacy do you want to leave? And then from there, what do we need to do? That That's almost the easy part. It's really like facing those, you know, the boogeyman in the closet that is the, the challenge. Speaking of legacy, when it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? I would love to be remembered as a light, you know, a light, someone who shines a light in the darkness, someone who faces challenging moments with grace and love and freedom. And, you know, I think about like the child, you know, the innocence of a child, like we, we lose that sometimes, like the magic of life. So I would love to be remembered as someone who also brings that magic and that fun to life, because as adults, we can get so, so serious. Okay. And also as, you know, successful as someone, you know, when we look at this mitigating the wealth gap, you have to pay attention to your numbers. (laughs) (laughs) And someone who created wealth, who generated massive wealth and something that I can be proud of because it doesn't matter where you start as long as you keep your eye on, you know, what I call that mountaintop and where you're going. That's what people will look back at. You talked about self-care. What does self-care look like to Vina? Well, to Vina, well, for me, it's a day in my calendar. All right. It's Monday morning. I took the day, you know, that people are just, uh, especially when you have a job or, you know, sometimes our business, we just feel the same angst, especially if we're leading teams. And it's just like, okay, what is this going to bring? I took Monday mornings for for that routine self-care, right? Like whether it's, I like to take care of my skin and hydrate. I like to think, do things that maybe feel luxurious, like sugar scrubs and all of that that sometimes we'll do if we have something special coming up. I like to spend, you know, mornings doing that. Also having my spiritual practice. So meditating, I I read the Bible, really getting centered on, okay, what are, 
what are the things that are going to keep me in the my the right mindset right so the one the one i've been doing recently is create in me oh lord a clean heart <laughs> uh, i mean there are just days when it's like okay how can i just not fall victim to you know other people's stuff right like when people are carrying their stuff and they'll come at you so i i like to get shored up on monday morning and it might not be you can take a, an entire morning or an afternoon but really carve out that time where everybody knows you are not available. Like, no, I'm not available for a Monday morning meeting. So that's where it is for me. And then I also bookended on Friday afternoons. I have golf in my calendar or it might be tennis, just something where I get to play and have fun because I realized for a long time, I just wasn't having any fun. It was just like work, 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 work. Okay, where's the fun, right? Like, and then that also translates to your team. How do you help them with, having fun, rejuvenation, balance, things like that. So that's what it pretty much looks like. Schedule it and just do it. Even though I feel like, oh, you know, I joke with someone, I said, who put golf on my calendar? Like, don't they get it? But it's like, oh, it was me. <laughs> I put it there. <laughs> and I don't always feel like doing it. But even when I don't, I say, okay, it's on the calendar. Maybe I can go to the driving range. Maybe I don't have to like, you know, I usually just play nine holes. But I could do something. Maybe I could just do 30 minutes of putting, but I can get outside of my office environment. And so that's where that creativity comes up. You know, as an entrepreneur, you could be having fun and space in your calendar when that's when that problem gets worked out. That's when that, that big idea happens. It's like, you know, you have that spiritual download, right? So that's for me, self-care. You talked about play. How did you play today or how are you going to play today? Well, today I'm actually going with some girlfriends into a, it's a, I would call it like a spiritual retreat where there's reflection, you know, there's going to be some journaling. There's always levels to go deeper. So we're getting, we got an Airbnb we're going to just, you know, spend time at the pool and cooking outdoors here in Miami. We get to just enjoy the sunshine and we're going to be doing some of that deep spiritual work. There's always another layer. And anytime a new challenge comes up in, in the business, you know, for myself, and this is what I invite clients to do is just to look at, okay, what's the next level for yourself, right? So I'm always looking at, how can I be more open? How can I be more accepting? And it doesn't mean that, you know, I have to accept things the way they are and not change. But when I'm not playing and when I'm not being expansive, then I'm resisting what's in front of me, which means I'm resisting life. Like this is just whatever breakdown happened in your work. This is what happened okay, this is what happened. So then that's when you have that acceptance, you give space for the creativity. Okay, well, how do we want to handle this? Do we need to do anything? Sometimes it's doing nothing, <laughs> doing absolutely nothing. And what would happen there? Or could I make a phone call? Or could I 
invite a team member to work it out, right? Just let them know what for me would be an acceptable outcome and let them use their creativity because a lot of times when we're handing down orders and saying, here's what's got to happen, you don't, you train your team not to be creative, right? That's what the play looks like for me. And um, those are some of the benefits, which it's like, I get to go have fun. (laughs) Who is your ideal client? So my ideal client, I work with entrepreneurs and leaders, but I do specialize in women entrepreneurs. So it's someone who already has their business well-established, they're generating income, maybe they're doing six to multiple six figures, they're looking to break into seven figures. They already have a team, likely if they're doing those type of numbers, unless if they don't, they're just really (laughs) very exhausted and they don't have the energy, the resources, the internal resources to create, to do the work together. So usually they have a team, maybe it's a small team, maybe about a team of 10 to 20 people. Um, Sometimes it's smaller. I've worked with entrepreneurs who maybe have a team of five and they have an established business with the income, they have the team. And then also it's someone who's open to that transformational work, right? So we, I have, you know, the business side of it. I practice law. I worked in talent management. So of course, we're going to look at, you know, what's the data. We do surveys with our clients on 360 degree surveys to get feedback on what what's going on in their teams. We have team assessments. We do emotional intelligence assessments. We have an assessment called Restore, which shows people how full their battery is. So we do all of that, right? The data, the KPIs, what what are the key performance indicators? But as I mentioned, my sweet spot is also looking at that inner work, right? So my ideal client has ideally done some inner work, they're open to it. They don't feel like maybe it's a waste of time, but they're open to the journey of self-exploration. What are their values? What are they committed to? Where are they getting in their own way? And then how does that translate to their team? So I would say that's my ideal client. Usually someone who also is a mom, who has a family, who's trying to manage all of that. Some of my clients also in that sandwich where they're, they're caregivers for maybe it's a parent sometimes. And um, I love also, you know, having them in the community. I lead a lot of masterminds, having them together, someone who wants to connect with other women entrepreneurs who are going where they're going, creating what they're creating and who can relate. So someone who likes to connect and, and have fun as well. What can we do right now to support you at LRI? I know, well, for one, just being here and being able to share about what I do is powerful. So, you know, thank you for that. People can go and find me online. So our website is LRI.com. And I also have transformyourteams.com with resources that would be helpful to entrepreneurs. So I, I would say just connect really. And I I offer the opportunity to get on the phone and connect and, and just find out like how I can support, how either me or my colleagues can support you and your teams. Um, a lot of times it's just brainstorming, just being that thought partner 
And then if there's a way that we can support you, happy to talk about it. But when I get on the phone with people, it really is to support them and see what I can offer. It's not, you know, this environment we're in these days where it's the heavy pitch and we're going in, <laughs> we're going in for the pitch. For me, it really is about connection and what are my what's my best thinking to support. And a lot of times when people talk with us, of course, they find, oh, it's, you know, it's a bigger job than I thought. And that's where a consultant can come in and support you with creating long-term results. Because once you turn that switch with your teams, I mean, it really can be magical. And it has been in many cases. So thank you for asking that. If you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. What's the one question? I don't know. You asked some good ones. (laughs) I would say maybe, who are you? (laughs) That's what I, I, I like asking clients that, just to see like what comes up. And I have this exercise, it's called the I am exercise where, you know, you just write what comes up. Um, Initially, it's like, the things that, you know, we first think of, you know, like some of the things if we were at a networking event, we would share. And sometimes that can be like a a bit of a mask that we wear. But then I invite people to go a little bit deeper, right? Like my typical I am's would be, you know, I'm a consultant, I'm a coaching consultant, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. And then when you get a little deeper, I like to have some I am's that are somewhat of a contradiction, right? Like, so for me, I am a a plant-based foodie who is totally addicted to sushi, (laughs) which which just just seems so contrary. It's just the one thing uh, that's not plant-based that I will not give up. And then I am also, you know, I'm the oldest of three siblings. I am you know, a survivor in many ways, right? Like I I spoke about just growing up in a a rough environment and having a a parent who struggled with addiction, you know, thank God won that battle. But I definitely know that those are some of the things that help shape me, you know, help me find my power and looking at who we are. And when I ask that question, who are you? It's really important to embrace all aspects, the stuff we don't necessarily want to share, but without those experiences, we wouldn't be where we are. So I I, I think being thankful in all of it is key. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called the rapid round of fun. And I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I'd like you to give me very quick answers. If it's something Uh you desire not to answer, (laughs) feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the rapid round of fun? I hope so. (laughs) Your ideal car. A Rolls Royce. (laughs) Your favorite color. I think burgundy, like what I got on now, like a dark red is hot. Your favorite holiday. I think Christmas. Your first job. Summer youth, New York, camp counselor. (laughs) (laughs) The last movie you saw? We did date night like last week, maybe. We watched the oldie, Born Identity. That was a good one. You relax doing what? What comes up is working. I don't know that that's good. Uh, You know what? My little guilty pleasure, I have really gotten into 
the Bridgertons and the Crown and all those shows. I just see so much leadership inside of it, so much, I don't know, abundance. So <laughs> you can catch me. I did find out season five is starting soon. So I'm like, yes. So that's what I think that little guilty pleasure is that for me. <laughs> Your favorite singer or rapper? Ella, Ella Fitzgerald. Your favorite dance song? I'm Unstoppable. I think that's the name. It's a gospel, a little rap. It has some rap in it, a little rap gospel. <laughs> what food you eat every week, no matter what? Okay. So my sushi is about maybe once every couple of months. I would say uh, salad. <laughs> that <Workout>? sounds boring. <laughs> no, salads are amazing. Workout or hit the couch. I want to say workout, but I spent more time on the couch. I don't think it's, I don't think it's either, but if I had to choose, it's going to be workout, but it's usually working and I have to be disciplined to make myself work out because I'm more like the fun. I'd rather go golf or play tennis or something that doesn't feel like working out. <laughs> Lena Sterling, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Oh, sure. Well, thank you. Well, you can find me at LRI.com. So that stands for Leadership Research Institute, transformyourteams.com. And you can also send me an email. It's uh, Vena, V-E-N-A dot Sterling, S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G at LRI.com. And thank you for having me. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening and subscribing to Black Entrepreneur Experience. We would love for you to leave a review and rating on iTunes and share with your friends. For show notes and more episodes, go to www.beepodcast.com. Join us next Wednesday. And remember, green is the new black. So keep your bank accounts and your business in the black.